asked for, but I only know three uh, well. Uh, I'm not a, much of a hockey guy. I guess it's because of my age. Uh, when I grew up, there wasn't any hockey. <laughs> uh, at least it was in the budding stages in the 60s, early 70s. Okay. So, uh, but uh, getting getting on to uh, the things that you discussed tonight, um, uh, I listened to the 76ers uh, and watched uh, parts of it on TV and um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just uh, very perplexed over uh, over their sudden nosedive here. It's like, you know, I mean, they basically have the same players, uh, and all of a sudden, in the last week or so, it's just been downhill. I, I you know, I'm like, I'm shocked. I can't believe what's what's going on. I think I think Clark. One thing to realize, and it's 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 when you're so close to it emotionally, it's hard to. It's hard to separate yourself, but I think the teams that the Sixers are most similar to in terms of talent level um, and and early season success, I think we're we're Portland and Denver and Indiana, and all of those teams, all of them have come back to earth. Indiana just had a five game losing streak, and it's yeah, and it's it's hard. Um, I th- it just feels like it's really hard to fix. Uh-huh. Losing streaks because there's no time to practice. Exactly. You know? a, we're talking about practice. We're here talking about practice. <laughs> practice. Franchise practice. players talking about practice. Yeah. Right. You know, another thing, uh, you, you know, there's always been this uh, thought that the Sixers would do fairly well because of their young, uh, fresh legs, so to speak. And, you know, they're so young that they'd be able to keep up with this pace, you know, of uh, four games, five games a week. Um, but I, I also think there's a mental aspect uh, to it, and I'm sure you yeah. would agree with it. And I think they've gone into sort of a, a mental funk, you know what I mean? And I think that's affected their their, their physical uh, attributes as far as, you know, taking a shot. I mean, if you're mentally not there, there's something wrong, uh, you know, where you're tired mentally or confused or something. You know, that affects the way you release the ball and all these other things. Well, so. make no mistake that, that traveling, they were in Memphis oh, one day, played right. an NBA basketball game, flew to Houston. They were in Houston right. the next day. You're talking about guys playing three games in three nights, four right. games in six nights in all different cities. That's not, you're right, mentally. Um, right. That's And it might be harder for younger guys to handle. Now, look, Oklahoma City is mighty young and doesn't right. seem to be having any trouble with it whatsoever. But they're, right. they're also supremely talented and the Sixers right. are not supremely talented that's and I think that's correct yeah. I, and I also think that uh, Doug Collins has had a, a great deal to do with uh, you know uh, their, their, their good start um, yeah. you know I think he's a, he was a great player I, I love to watch him play and he's a great uh, I think he's a great coach he was a great analyst uh uh, too. And I think Doug is, is, is pretty tired right now, too. You know? so, yeah, that's actually that's a good point, Clark. Thank you for the call. Adam uh, Regner, a producer here, actually made that point when he came in. He was like, man, he's like, forget about the players being tired. Doug looks tired. And if you remember last year, I don't know how old Doug's got to be. 60 something um if you remember last year he had the problem where and they didn't you know they they said it wasn't a big deal but he missed a couple of games because of vertigo he had hit his head and he hadn't taken his medication and you know he he, everybody was reminding him and they're reminding him this year you know you need to you, you need to take it easy and does doug collins to you seem like a guy that takes it easy i mean does it tonight think about how frustrated you are 
Okay? Think about how frustrated you are with the Sixers right now. Think, I'll think about how frustrated I am. Really high frustration level. I'm going to have no trouble getting to sleep, though. Doug Collins, I can't imagine, is sleeping very well tonight. Doug Collins is 60 years old. Okay, so imagine that, you know. 60 years old, I imagine he's not sleeping very well. And and he's not only not sleeping, he's staying up until 4 in the morning, watching game tape, texting. Aaron McKee probably wakes up in the middle of the night, you know, looks looks at his iPhone and sees 18 texts from Doug Collins about stuff that he noticed in the game. And he's like, man, go to sleep. And I imagine that's what he's going through. And I imagine he's a little rundown, too. And I imagine he is just looking at everything. You know, it's like when you stare at those pictures where you're supposed to, you know, relax and loosen your eyes and you'll see the picture. You know, you'll see the you'll see the tugboat in the middle of of all of the scrambled colors. You'll see the tugboat. But if you stare at it for too long, you don't see anything anymore. And and I think to a certain extent, maybe they they just don't know what to do. Everything's worked so far and it's just not working. And what do I think will happen? I don't know what's wrong. Their shots aren't going in, but I do know that having this time to maybe figure things out is a good thing for the team. Um, let's see, Doug, I gave a B plus, gave a C plus to Jody Meeks. People are hating on Jody Meeks, man. Jody Meeks is the only guy on this whole team that can shoot. So you, I know he's not perfect. Um, he's a, a willing defender, if not a good defender. He tries very hard. He doesn't seem to have the greatest, uh, you know, defensive instincts, but he's hitting, he's shooting like 40% from three. Um, he's not blowing layups like he did last year. Uh, and he's, you know, he's playing what, probably 23 minutes a game, 24 minutes a game, I think. I think Jody Meeks is being exactly, if you're grading on what Jody Meeks is supposed to be, I, th- I think it might be an A minus, um, but on a flat scale, Jody Meeks is probably a C plus. I don't think anybody aside from Evan Turner has gets a you know a bad grade. I think Evan Turner was on his way to a great grade. Evan Turner was on his way to a B plus, just a, a real turnaround. I think he was you know before the Jeremy Lin fiasco came. Um, I think Evan Turner was on his way to being considered for a most improved player. I mean, he was a guy that that, that just didn't play at all for the last, you know, 25, 30 games of the season last year and did some good things in the playoffs, didn't play at all, and had a really productive first 20 games and then just got lost again. And he's another guy, you know, once he gets lost, I don't know if he, he's able to find his way. And I think Doug wants to win games and then he starts not getting time and, and everybody's like, well, I want Evan to get time. I want him to develop, but you also want to win games. And those two things are, are mutually exclusive sometimes. So, um, I think at a certain point this year, they're going to have to decide what, what they want to get out of this year, whether they want to win more games or whether they want to develop the players, because I don't think those things always go hand in hand. I think you, you have to give up maybe, maybe some wins this year to say, I want to see Drew Holiday play point guard. I just want to see it. I don't feel, everybody talks about his court vision. When have, when, what chance have you had to see Drew Holiday's court vision? Because he never plays point guard. He brings the ball up sometimes. But the extent of his point guard duties pretty much end there. Everybody splits them. He's not not getting assists because he doesn't have court vision or because he's not passing the ball. He's not getting assists because he's playing off guard. And he's playing point, you know, no, certainly it seems less than Iguodala. He's playing less than than Lou Williams, to my eyes. I'd love to see the numbers, but he's just not playing a lot of point guard. And that high post when when Spencer was in there, 
You know, he was the one distributing the ball out of the high post, and they still do that. You know, with the other guys, they do it with uh, Vucevic, and they do it with um, with Elton Brand too. So I just I haven't seen him play point guard. I haven't seen a lot of Evan Turner uh, do what what he can do well. And I think at a certain point, we'll see in a few weeks where they are. But if they really even out. I, I don't know. What's more important, winning the Atlantic Division or seeing how good those guys are? I think it's seeing how good those guys are. Um, you know, uh, we are talking earlier about expectation and what it does. And whether it's more exciting to be, you know, somebody brought up, is it more exciting to be a Heat fan or a Sixers fan? Is it more exciting to be a, a fan of a team that is surprising everyone and growing and knowing that there's somewhere to go? Or is it more exciting to be a, a fan of a team that not only has a chance to win a ring, because that's not where Miami is, and it's a similar place to where the Phillies are, not only has a chance to win, but is expected to. And um, I got into it a little bit earlier. Spring training feels different, and baseball feels different the last two or three years. And I'm not saying it's not exciting, because it is. Winning is great. And what the Phillies have done with this organization, man, if you remember... The 90s, if you remember the 80s, if you remember even the early 2000s, Phillies baseball um, was was so far from what it is right now. Like think back to 93. It's like 93 all the time now. You know, it's every year everything's sold out and and they are now players for every big free agent and not only players, but it seems like favorites for every big free agent and every big trade. And that is nothing to sniff at. That is an amazing turnaround for the Phillies organization, something that I don't think I've ever seen in Philadelphia sports. Um, you know, the Eagles made actually a really big turnaround going from Norman Brayman to Jeffrey Lurie and Andy Reid to becoming a respected, good organization. But the Phillies... Um, have taken that to another level. But with those expectations, I feel less excitement and more nerves. Going into spring training, when you're expecting the Phillies to win the World Series and nothing below winning the World Series is acceptable, how hard is it for you to concentrate on spring training and get excited about March and April and May and June when you're telling me that all you really care about is winning in October? Is that hurting how you feel about baseball now? You know, the Phillies probably have the best team. They certainly have the best team in the National League East. Certainly favorites there. Probably the best team in the National League. Maybe the best team in all of baseball going into the season. But for some reason, you know, we've become like Yankees and Red Sox fans. And I think it's a natural reaction. I'm not, this is not me telling you that you're acting the wrong way. I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the same page. But that's how we've become. We're like Yankees and Red Sox fans. And we used to hate that. Those guys that expect to win all the time. And I remember when the Yankees, one of the greatest things about getting Cliff Lee was that the Yankees expect to get Cliff Lee and they didn't. And we were like, ha, 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 the mighty Yankees didn't get them. But now we're that team. We expect to get everything. We're, legitimately, Phillies fans are crybabies when they don't get the big free agent or the big trade piece. Think about this in context. The Phillies signed the best closer on the free agent market, without question. It may be negligible, the difference between uh, Jonathan Papelbon and, and Ryan Madsen and Heath Bell, but certainly Jonathan Papelbon was the premier free agent. If I had told you that the Phillies signed the premier free agent closer, 
15 years ago, you would have been shocked, excited. You would have called and told all your friends. Now, we're worried if maybe we gave them too much money in too many years. And it was a bad deal. That is not a Phillies fan reaction. That's a Yankees fan reaction. That's a Red Sox fan reaction. That's not excited. That's analysis. You're you're worried about that we might not be able to win a championship in three years. Because because they wasted too much money on Pavel Bond. Do you understand how crazy that feels? And I think that takes a little bit of the excitement. And the thing about this year was there was no Cliff Lee excitement in the offseason. And there was another postseason of disappointment just to come off of. And I feel like Phillies fans more than ever were nervous, you know, and were a little spoiled. We're spoiled and we're nervous that we might not win. And it's not the thrill of victory that we search for. It is avoiding the embarrassment of defeat. And it's much worse for us to have to deal with the embarrassment of our Phillies losing again than it is thrilling for us to win. And it'll be interesting to see what it feels like to win again. Because remember that 08 team wasn't supposed to win. They weren't the favorites. Just look at that pitching staff, right? I mean, it wasn't, it was like a three quarters of an ace. Talking about three aces, four aces. But that was thrilling because it was a surprise. Right now, it won't be a surprise. It's expected. If it's expected, you know, you, know, you, you buy your girlfriend flowers, right? And she loves it because she didn't see it coming the first 10 times. And then the 11th time, she's not quite as excited. She she knows it's coming. And, and it's just like, you know, is the thrill gone, I guess, and the Phillies winning? And we'll know when we get the flowers whether it's as exciting. I don't I don't know. I don't know what that's supposed to... I don't know what multiple championships feels like. Is it as exciting? I don't know. 888-729-9494. Dan and Philip are on the way. And you. Philly, Sixers, whatever. My name is Spike Eskin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 116. 94 WIP. You know, talking about the Phillies, um, Ryan Howard did his press conference today. Hi, I'm Spike Eskin. I should always introduce myself first. Remind me of that. Um, Ryan Howard had his press conference today and was also on with Michael, our very own Michael Barkan on Daily News Live today. And uh, he had a bunch of good quotes. One of the greatest ones was from Barkan today when he was talking to him. He was asking him about his weight. It was the nicest way to ask somebody about being overweight I've ever seen. But uh, there was this great one from the press conference today. I'd love to be in this situation again, you know, and, uh, you know, there's going to be those times where you come through. There's going to be those times where you don't come through. So I said the last two, I didn't come through. So I figure I'm about to do these next two. <laughs> that is Adam's right, man. The figure I'm about to do these next two. That is Charlie Manuel. You could tell that that man is now managed by Charlie Manuel. The logic, if you're a, a saber stat guy, if you're like an advanced stat baseball guy, and the guy running the team and the power hitter are using I'm about do for their for why they're going to succeed this year. Oh man, that's awesome. I you know, I forgot poor Ryan Howard does get um you know, we have so we have so many we've all we always have so many polarizing figures here and they're always the best players, but Ryan Howard is one of those guys that's polarizing and hearing him talk today reminded me of why he should not be. Um because he is just Ryan Howard's a good dude. 
Um, he's a good hitter, and he's probably being paid too much money. But like we've seen with so many players before, like with we've talked about with Andre Iguodala, paying the money doesn't change who he is. Don't be mad at him because he gets paid money. If you don't like the contract, be mad at Ruben Amaro, but don't be mad at Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard seems like a really just a really good dude, and I I hope he has a great comeback year. He all kinds of disagreement as to when he'll come back, but um, a great comeback year. Uh, I hope he has. Jim, you're on ninety four WIP. Yeah, hi, Spike. Uh, enjoying the show. How you doing? Tonight? Thanks, man. I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Um, you know, kind of addressing your uh, question about the Phillies, I think there's really two schools of thought at work here. You've got the older generation like myself that <laughs> for so many years watched a team that just wasn't competitive at all. And I'm really, I just enjoy the regular season uh, for what it is. You get to the playoffs, you know as well as I do, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, you know, expectations are, are just that, expectations. Uh, we all want to win. But it seems like the, the newer generation, say like people born maybe post, you know, mid-80s or something like that, you know, those guys, they, they really expect to win every year. And this was never the case, you know? Yeah, I definitely noticed the age divide. And you can see it in... You just hear it how they talk about. I'm I'm 35. I was born in '76, so I very clearly remember the bad years around here. I remember being at Veterans Stadium, and to see a stadium that big, that empty, is a is a really weird thing, you know. And um, it's funny now. You can see the younger people kind of laugh at other teams when they can't fill their stadium. And all I think is that, like, we're not that far removed from that. that you know, that happened here. And I, I I tell them a lot. I was like, you know, go to Washington and, and go to those games and support your team. But be careful taunting those fans there because that stuff always comes back around. Um, and, you know, I, I always hated when Mets fans would come here and fill, they would fill the stadium. They would fill the, you know, it would be all Mets fans. There and that's a and it's the younger fans who do that who don't understand who don't have that perspective yeah, that you I, do of what it was like here to be taunted or what it was like to have an empty stadium that empty stadiums can happen in Philadelphia believe it or not you know Citizens Bank Park actually um, you know a couple of years in there before you know oh seven ish. Um, there were some empty, you know, half-empty Citizens Bank Park. It wasn't, it wasn't full the whole time. You know, it could, it could happen again here. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the thing, just to kind of elaborate it to what, what I was thinking, could you remember all the free agent years when you had guys like Greg Maddox out there, Bobby Bonilla, yeah. uh, this one, that one. And we got and Lance was, Parrish one year. That was yeah, our Lance big signing. Lance Parrish, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Danny Tartable, uh, yeah. company. It's just. It's such a, a change, you know, to where, you know, the Phillies in a couple year span got three of probably the top, you know, 12, 13 pitchers in all of baseball in the span of, you know, 18 months. It's just unheard of. Yeah. Well, and then there was last year when, you know, there's all these, there's all these outfielders available and then everybody's like, well, and there's, of course, there's Hunter Pence who everybody wants. And of course, the Phillies got Hunter Pence and it's just, it's expected. And I don't blame newer fans. It's hard to, you know, when people talk about prima donna athletes or prima donna musicians, it's hard to blame them entirely because everybody around, it's, it's more about the situation they're in and less about who they are. And I don't blame people for acting this way because I feel like it's natural in it's that situation. Nature. Yeah, but it's still, when you look at it from afar, Philly's, like, it just seems like a whole different, it just, 
I it, think it's, you know what it's like a it's it's surreal because it's like yeah you know it it's something you know I'm I'm forty I've never you know never expected the Phillies to 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 be players like this never 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 yeah. You know, it's just it's just interesting, but great show. It was nice talking to you. Thanks, thanks you too. Yeah, it's. I I think I look. I don't like Yankees fans or Red Sox fans any more than I ever did. I I really despise Red Sox fans and Yankees fans. I could I don't like and could take or leave. And Mets fans, you the eight of them, you kind of feel bad for. But I certainly understand Red Sox fans and Yankees fans more being around for this. Imagine this. The Phillies have won, you know, they won in 80 and they won in, in 08. So the most recent one is 08. And we're like this because of one championship. The Yankees have won like like almost 30. Can you imagine how obnoxious we would be here if we won 30 championships? <laughs> 30? I feel like the obnoxious level with us as Phillies fans and Yankees fans is almost kind of... Uh, you know, in terms of feeling like you're owed something or you should win is almost even. And that's after, you know, one recent ring here. They've got 30. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't like it any more than you do, but it's, ugh. I, I can't even, I, I'm frightened to imagine what that would be like here. Dan, you're on 94 WIP. What's going on? How are you? Uh, good. Uh, grades, Violet Palmer, F. I feel like she's made me hate women more. I, like, take it out on my girlfriend after watching the Sixers game. No, you're just kidding. You're just I'm kidding. kidding. I'm just okay. kidding. I don't mean that, but yeah. my God. She's off. I mean, she's so bad. She's she, a bad referee. So she's bad. bad at it. She's not good at it. And this isn't... Uh, I almost want to take the women thing. It's something uh, to make fun of. You know, it's a way to make fun of her because, you know, otherwise she's just a ref. She's bad at it. She just... And there were a couple... Look, I, th- I think that one call... What's funny is I think that the, the the blocking call on Thaddeus Young was a legitimate blocking call. But if she hadn't called it the exact opposite way on the other side of the floor one minute beforehand, I would be less furious. You know, it's she's not good. There, I mean, you could tell that he Thad Young's bigger than me. Yeah, He's well, that's the that only way you can do it. I got a flop here, and she just, you know, she. But what was your grade for break uh, grade for Elton Brand? I missed that. My grade Earlier. on Elton Brand. Hold on, let mm-hmm. me bring it up. I gave Elton. Uh, I couldn't decide between a C plus and a B minus because my thing with Elton is that he had a he had a real tough start to the year. Um, because he just, you know, he's not young like the rest of the guys. He's 32. So he had a tough start to the year. And then I felt like he actually, even though his numbers were down, got in a good rhythm. And I think the thing that you have to remember about Elton, the thing that you have to give him credit for is that on this team where everybody's doing this, this all-for-one, one-for-all thing, he is the only guy on this team who's been on all-star teams, gone 2010. He was a number one pick in the draft. And he's a max player. So you tell me what max player with that pedigree on another team is going to say, okay, I don't need touches. You know, I'll just, I'll move the ball around. I'll take the jump shot when it's there. And I felt like he, he, 
you know, he play, he's the toughest guy on the team, he plays with injuries, he works hard, and he is the only guy on the team who has any right to have an attitude, and he doesn't. So I wish he performed a little bit better, but I feel like he's performing as well as he, he can right now, and I don't think the injury is helping. Why? What, what would you give Elton? Uh, before I'm going to go, I completely, that's the attitude I feel like everybody has, and I just want to give him an F. No! I somehow, we have, we go to Sixers games, and we talk to Sixers fans, and somehow, you know, I'm a season ticket holder, and it's, you know, all you hear is Andre Godal's terrible, you know, look, he can't, you know, make shots, and he is what yeah. he, he's a tremendous defender. Somehow, we forget that Elton Brand is, you know, a Philly, a Mac, a Philly Max player, and it's okay that, you know, he, his, I mean, you look at his numbers in L.A., and then when he came to Philadelphia, I mean, it's, it's okay. He had an Achilles injury. He's hurt. You know, he, he's a nice guy, though. We like his attitude. So we just forget that it's been a disaster. He's been, I mean, he was okay last year, but he's, I mean, you look at his part, it was still a, his PR was still down. I mean, everything was down. Well, the well, okay. All right. Time out. It's time a out. Disaster. Time. Okay. Contracts a disaster, but the contract is signed, so it is what it is. Like, if you want me to grade his contract, it's a D. It's a D minus. But if you want me to, like, when you look at last year, Elton was what probably fourteen and eight last year, right? But if you if he got five more, he could have been he could have scored nineteen points. If you put him on a bad team, he certainly could have gotten numbers last year. I think I Elton. Think so. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. And and I'll tell you the other thing about Elton Brand this year is that. When you defensively, he is the only big that we have that does anything defensively or stands up to anybody. He got he got in Blake Griffin's head. Blake Griffin had a terrible game here. He was the only one. He was the only one that could guard that did anything with Dwight Howard that pushed around Dwight Howard. He did the same thing to Lamarcus Aldridge. He forced Lamarcus Aldridge scored twenty five points, but took twenty five shots. Like I think. Elton Brand is the only tough guy, and you forget he's six eight and what probably two forty, and he's guarding guys that have that have five inches and probably forty and fifty pounds on him. I just I think he's done a he is what he is, and, and the contract was a disaster. But dude, I, I've heard plenty of people yell at EB. I've gotten I've gotten an, I got an argument at, at the Wells Fargo Center. One guy said screamed, "You suck, EB. Get off the court." That's that's not what you say to home team players that work hard. If I would have told you less, if I would have told you that this. If I would have told you before, you know, at the press conference today he signed the contract, that this is what Elton Brand was going to be, this is what he was going to look like on the court, you would have said, good God, this is going to be a disaster. Please don't no, stop this. So that's not okay. But because he's a nice guy and because he doesn't have, you know, a little, a little bit of kind of maybe an attitude like Andre Iguodala, whatever people think is wrong with him, it, it somehow it's, it's okay. No, that's I, fine. No big deal. I don't get that. But I disagree with you. I disagree with you in that you're saying it's because – Maybe the media is nicer to him because he's a nice Absolutely. guy. But but I'm not talking about the media. I don't even consider myself the media. I get to work here, but I'm I'm not I'm not like in the locker room talking to them ever. I I think fans give him a break because he plays hard and he's he does he's not I I, I just it's this weird thing with contracts is that I he can't do anything about his contract now. What do you want him to do? You know, like I the feel contract like he is signed. Write me a- Check almost for my. I mean, never ever sign a player off an Achilles injury no. ever again in any sport. I. It's just. I mean, he can't. He looks like 
you know, my dad out there in a YMCA game. I, it's true. You can't deny that. I completely agree with you. Thank you for the call, Dan. I agree with you that the contract was a disaster, um, and I agree with you that um, that signing him at that point was probably a disaster. But here's here's the good thing, and I I I hesitate to um, to call this a good thing. But as bad as condition as the Sixers were in right there, they got a premier max free agent. They were able to, under bad circumstances really, get a premier, you know, top line max free agent the Sixers got. He even took a little bit less to come here. He got a bigger offer from Golden State and he chose to come here. I just think it's a, it didn't work out. It didn't work out, and it's proof that those contracts don't always work out. But it's also proof that we could we can get them. And I, yes, the contract's a disaster, and he got hurt twice, and it wasn't just his Achilles; it was his shoulder, his elbow, whatever he did um, the second year. And it was just, and he's fallen apart physically. But I can't give Elton that bad a grade because I feel like he he's giving. He's giving the Sixers all he can give, and I still think it's a help. I don't think there are a ton of power forwards in the Eastern Conference better than him. I just, I don't. The good news is that if you want to talk about good news and Achilles injuries, is that Ryan Howard is certainly more than 240 pounds and coming off an Achilles injury. And already, his stats are already declining. And luckily for us, his contract starts now. So... Um, so it's cool. It's just like it's only like twenty six million a year. It's no big deal. Uh, Elton Brand was eighteen. At least the better thing about Ryan Howard is that we're paying him more, so we can expect more out of him. Because as we found out, salary always directly correlates to performance. Right, Adam? We're good on that. Um, Philip and Wyatt wanted to talk about the Sixers too. I'll ask them for their grades. I will not accept F grades for Elton Brand. And you, if you want to get in, Big Daddy Graham coming up at 2 a.m. Like I said, if you want to get in before that, 888-729-9494. I'm Spike Eskin. This is 94. You know what's funny about that is that uh, you're not even really going to hear those guys NFM. They're going to be playing. You're mostly going to hear Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson and, and Sarge at FM. It will be amazing, though. I promise you it will be amazing. I'm Spike Eskin, Big Daddy Graham, coming up at 2 a.m. Uh, until then, it's me and you. We'll, uh, we, will, we will keep the ship afloat until Big Daddy gets here to sink it right away. Philip, you're on 94 WIP. Yeah, how you doing, Big Spike? How are you doing this evening? Morning, really? Am I Big Spike? Oh, well, well, I don't know what adjective you want me to use yeah. before that. Uh, <laughs> that's Randy fine. Spike, uh, yeah, that's fine. Call. That's fine. What's up, man? Um, let's try to squeeze in as much good basketball before I have to go. Because there's so much. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's so much. First, uh, can I throw out three grades for people who I think should be gone okay, next go. year? Um, one is I'll go with Elton Brand, who needs to be gone next year. I give him a C minus because I think he's actually given effort, but he just doesn't really have the ability anymore. Okay, you know I mean that that's, that's a, that means a lot for me. You know what I mean? As opposed to another guy, Evan Turner, who I give him an F minus. Oh, F minus. If not D minus, because he did try a little something during the off season to improve his shot. But I, I just think this guy he, he doesn't care. Remember last time I said he's a perpetual net, New I'll, Jersey net. 
I'll I'll tell you, it's weird. The feelings on Evan Turner are really polarized, and I think I'm. I feel sometimes I feel like I'm the only person in the middle. Either people think Evan Turner is a star in waiting, and Doug is holding them back, or they think he's he's a complete flop, like you do, Um, dude. I I just I think he's in the middle somewhere. But I because you're trying to be nice, though, man. No, 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 no. I'm trying to be rolling really. I, mean, I can care. I can care either side. I don't really care either side. Look, I man, be real as I I am not trying to be nice. I I I don't. That that's certainly not my thing. I just don't want to be. Look, I think sometimes when people take extreme A or B, black or white positions, it's. Right. I don't think either of them are right. I think that's the problem. And I I think sometimes the problem is is when people argue about this stuff, it forces both people into these black and white positions, and it makes right. it harder because neither person is right. So I think you're completely. I am. <laughs> You're, you're you're completely in your you're completely in your uh, you're completely allowed to think that Evan Turner is a bust and terrible, but I just think I look at all the imperial evidence and I I say I don't know how a guy who is that good in college and who has impressed me at times in the pros doesn't have it. I think he's got he something. Don't really to really care. He What's, don't really care. He's satisfied no, where he's at right now. I, I, I think. I I don't agree. I think he's. I think he's a bit of a baby, and I I think he doesn't yes. know how to get his minutes. And I think he's a he's a little bit of a, a child, and and right. and Doug refuses to baby him. And I think there's a little exactly. bit of a standoff going on. I like that though. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like Doug. Doug, I, look, and that's why the, the Evan Turner Club that is insisting on giving him minutes. I'm I'm against the Evan Turner Those Club. Three people. No, there's 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 at least eight or nine people, okay. and I don't okay. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm not I'm not I don't want the coach to bow to that. He's the, it's not he ain't he's not Kevin Durant. You know, it's not exactly. it's, you know he does not have undeniable skill. But I do think if he pulls it together mentally, he's got an ability. To, and who's your third guy that you want to get rid of? The third guy was uh, Drew Holiday. I give him a B minus. Now, mind you, I would trade these guys. Not Elton Brandon, obviously. You obviously you were him, I would bring in Rondo, but during off season, you know, I, I think that would be an excellent move. Rondo would be this guy is is wonderful. And early on the season, before just before the season started, I, I put out a tweet, and I even put Drew Holiday in that tweet that I would rather have uh, Rondo. So he probably seen me. Uh, so he probably seen that tweet. Wait, what's you know what your I mean? what's your tell tell everybody what your Twitter name is? Oh no, I don't do that. All right. <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish I could change my voice when I call me. Uh-huh. Anyway, well, so, um, I yeah. I disagree with you on. Uh, well, I mean, look, Rondo. Rondo's a head case too, and yeah. the, think about this. Here's here's my point about Rondo, Philip. Is that if we all see how good Rajon Rondo is, right? I mean, he is an he is a triple double waiting to happen. Um, the only thing he doesn't do well is shoot free throws, and you know we're all willing to accept it because he'll go thirty, fifteen, and ten, and he's just like he's undeniable. And the Celtics want to, and he's young, and the Celtics want to get rid of him. I don't know. That's crazy to me. And I, I'm really curious. I mean, I think he's proven this year that without Pierce at the top of his game or Allen's played really well or Garnett at the top of his game, he's still effective. But um, I don't know. I, actually, I, if you get Rajon Rondo, I'd love to keep Elton Brand because he'll get Elton Brand so many 15-foot jumpers. Man, I mean, he'll, he'll make Elton Brand a 17-point scorer again. Um, if you told me Drew Holiday for... For True Holiday and Evan Turner for Rajon Rondo, would you do that? And I would probably think about it. I like True Holiday a lot, but I would 
Drew Holiday, Evan Turner on one for Ronda, would you? I think I'd have to. Wyatt, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Spike, what's going on? How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Great. I just want to say um, real fast, just about the Phillies. I'm not a Phillies fan, and, and I've been in school in Miami, actually, for the past three years, and uh, I just found the station, and it's really awesome because right now I intern with the uh, Philadelphia Union. Oh, really? So, yeah, go Union. Yeah, We're go Union. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, uh, we're big. I'm, of course, we'll air the union uh, matches on six ten WIP here, and uh, I've always. I'll be I'll be at every game, every home game working. So. That's awesome, man. I, well, I went to I sat with the Sons of Ben a few times last year, and it was awesome. So definitely best fans in the MLS. Give and, them props. And I love the I love resigning Shannon Williams today. He was my favorite player, so that was a that was a good move. I think by definitely. The definitely. Union. I think the MLS. Should get a little more props than it does, but I mean, well, it's a it's a, a long road, but they've certainly made headway. So definitely, definitely. So I just want to get real fast with the Phillies. I just want to say real fast, quick. Um, the Phillies, man, I respect the Phillies representing the NL East. I, I'm a Braves fan, to tell you the truth. I used to go to Veterans Stadium when I was real young, back in like '96 and stuff, and I used to get hustled as a little kid by Phillies fans. And back then, you know, '96. <laughs> The Phillies weren't that hot back then, but no. I mean, listen, all all the moves you guys made, like you guys can definitely put in some competition in the NL East this year. I mean, Miami Marlins, yeah, they signed Reyes, they got Burley, I guess, and they got Ozzy, Ozzy as a coach. Who cares? But I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta's an old team, and they got a nice farm system. But I, to me, as a I heard Braves saying, I just don't see them doing anything for the next couple of years. And what you were saying before about the Phillies, you know, Phillies fans acting like Yankee fans, please, like, I hope Philly fans, I respect Philly fans. I was in Center City for the World Series when Utley hit that home run and Ryan Howard hit that back-to-back, and that was awesome to see. And just watching the fans enjoy that, like, that's awesome to me. I've grown up around Yankee fans. I well, yeah, but Yankees. I I think why I think my my thing is obviously '08 was awesome, but I think beyond that, I, I think my question is moving forward. What it's like? I mean, yeah, that you did make you did make a good point. Like yeah. the Yankees, if Philly, listen, if the Phillies won thirty championships, oh man, I don't think I would set foot in Philly. I would never go to a game again at Citizen Bank <laughs> Park. Like those fans would be rough. Yeah, but I mean, Yankee fans—they take it for granted. Like they expect to win, and I—I I just hope the Phillies fans just don't get to that point. Like, yeah, I—I I used to go to Citizens Bank Park when the Braves were in town, when um, when they first opened the park in the first couple of years. But ever since they won the World Series, I shied away because it's just like, yeah, I mean, they're selling more tickets, good for them, and like it's just rough now. It's, it's just like I don't want to. I don't want to deal with the hassle of that being a away fan. But yeah, I, I respect the Phillies representing the NL East. I hope. Well, I hope them all the best. And with Papelbon, man, like I, I always liked Papelbon in Boston. He was a good guy. Yeah, so, they'll, they'll love him and hate him here. I think why? Why? I think the biggest problem in Florida right now with the baseball. I mean, signing Reyes was great. Signing Burley was great. And hopefully, for the the Marlins, Josh Johnson's great. But those uniforms are just. 
They are dreadful. And I was watching TV today, and they were interviewing. Have you seen these Miami Marlins uniforms, Big Daddy? Uh, yeah, look, don't get me started. Dude, they're oh, horrible. No. Uh, well, they're, just... they're horrible. They, there's, they, they shouldn't exist. No, they look like a, they look like a joke movie uniform, like they like a like a Matt Parker and Trey Stone, <laughs> like like those dudes. It, it doesn't look like a real thing. It looks like a joke. I'd rather have them run the team than tell you the truth. They, they shouldn't have it team uh, they didn't want a team uh they by the way you know that that stadium which somehow they got taxpayer money out of to build which is beyond belief to me not one of those taxpayers ever goes to yeah, the yeah, yeah so that you know same thing with the pirates that they didn't want to uh build a new, that's a great stadium uh but they didn't want to build it they voted it down and, and then people still push this stuff through i don't know what happens but there was a, imagine they got all this money out of Florida and yeah. they didn't deserve a dime of it. And somehow they had one of their lawyers do something to the contract where uh, they bypassed this clause that states in event of an emergency and down in Florida, they get a lot of emergencies with hurricanes down there. It, uh, this new stadium will have to double as a homeless shelter. You know, you know, for uh, they, you know, like the Superdome oh, in, right, in New right, Orleans right. or whatever. You know, they uh, the the state insisted on this, and somehow the Marlins, the dirtbags that these guys are, they don't deserve dime one to begin with. Somehow, without anyone noticing, got rid of that clause. No way! But then at the last second, somebody okay. did notice it. And now something's going on with the the money down. That's just unbelievable. Well, it, it, the, a, a market that clearly has never really supported the team. How they can never. get or Tampa, yeah, or or the Lightning, or the Florida Panthers. I mean, go make a giant list. Yeah, Tampa. Well, Jacksonville, who who they're, they get the new owners promising not to move them out of there. But you know, you look at the stadium. I don't know how they can not even think about moving the Jacksonville Jaguars. That that whole you're right, that whole state. And the, the the thing about the Marlins is, and everybody talks about um, how messed up the NBA is financially. That's, you know, you know money. This. People love to pick on the NBA. And, and you look at baseball, and I look at the Marlins. There's nobody in the stadium. Somehow they get a new stadium, and then they go sign <laughs> Reyes, and then they go sign Burley. And you're wondering. Ozzie you Gann. Where's all the money coming I, from? I it's have, screwed up. I'd I rather have, have no. I'd rather have no profit sharing and have at least the teams that have that cities that support it. At least, you know what the profit sharing? should be based on it should be based on your attendance if you can't charge as much for your tickets go you leave, know just yeah. just split yeah. you know florida is one of the most interesting states in the union because it's got two things there's two things that i think about when you think about florida it's a state you go to party and it's a state you go to die there's, there's, <laughs> no in between there's no in between yeah you know it's all college kids wreaking havoc or you know old people yeah who's gonna know? buy season tickets you no know, one they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. it's it's where you go to party and where, where you, you go to die, die. Yeah. you know it's 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 one or the other with that state of love but i you're so right on ryan howard i was listening to you on the way in uh, i've been a ryan howard fan since the moment he stepped in here and i've also said when people bring up the money I know people don't want to hear this, and, and I get part of it. <clears throat> He's already 
earned the money they haven't even paid him yet. Yeah. Without a home run hitter, without a big guy in that middle there, nothing ever happens down at Citizens Bank the way it happened. Well, first of all, they wouldn't have won a World Series without Ryan Howard. But second of all, you can win a World Series sometimes and not have that big power guy. You know, you must have, you know, that expression, chicks dig the long ball. I've always disliked that expression because we all dig the long ball. Men and women love the long ball. You don't have a long ball guy in the middle of that lineup, you're toast. Yeah, and not even about winning, about excitement, about Correct. all the. You it, just want to wait to see what happens. And Correct. for, for a, a, a four-year stretch there, he was like we've never seen in Philadelphia I before. call it the kitchen factor. Yeah. It's, it, Ryan Howard's the kind of player where you, you, you might have been just getting ready to go up and go to the kitchen either get a sandwich or soda or beer or what have you. Oh, no, but Howard's up. Yeah. So you don't go. Yeah, you, you you may have to go to the bathroom. You, you hold it in because Ryan Howard's up. It's just the, the and I love and I'm going to talk a lot about this tonight. Cliff Lee gets asked about you know him giving up the the four run lead and he says, well that's baseball. Ryan Howard gets asked about his last two at bats, the last two postseasons, and he says it sucks. Yeah, uh, and that's what you, uh, and that's what I want to hear. Yeah. You know, and really, and now he made light of it later with the, but I even kind of dug that. You played that soundbite where he said, well, undo, yeah, you know, yeah. but the first part of that soundbite was him saying it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and that's what this, the, the, the you can't say that's baseball. What, nobody no. wants to hear that. Well, can you imagine the, the Cliff Lee pass in in Philly is hilarious. Can you imagine if after a football game Don, they had said Donovan, you know, you threw that interception, blah blah blah, and he that's goes, football. "Hey, you know, that's football." They, <laughs> oh they, my they, god! They, they, were, they, yeah. they, they would have never been able to go to his home. It would have been ten times worse than it ever was. It here. is amazing that Lee pass. I think it might be done. Well, that, uh, not like I want it to be done. I want everybody to have a great year this year. It's close. But it, After it, blowing it, that game last it, year. It, it, it's, yeah. yeah, he's on thin ice, I guess you would say. Anyway, great show yeah. tonight, Spike. Thanks. And you have a great show. Talk all about Florida and how poor it is. What a bad state it is. Um, thank you, um, Raheem and Mike, for producing the first two hours. And thank you to the um, the amazing Adam Regner for producing the second half. Come and th- on. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you for it's just because you're here um, and they're not. So uh, so thank you. Thank you for listening. Talk to you uh, next week. My name is Spike Eskin, 94 WIP. Sports time is 158. The President's Day sales event is 